Welcome to the new Cyber Frontier, bringing you the latest news, trends, and hottest topics that focus on advances in cybersecurity and cyber industry economics. Our expert yet down-to-earth hosts make cybersecurity straightforward. They ask the tough questions and make this challenging topic something that everyone can understand. Our candid approach lets guests open up on topics we would all like to see addressed. You can find us on the web at newcyberfrontier.com. That's www.newcyberfrontier.com. Now join today's host as he introduces the topic for today's new cyber frontier. Welcome, Daniel and Reich, all the way from Israel. You stayed up this late to be part of our show. Welcome everyone, this is Sean Marie. I am the host for today's version of New Cyber Frontier. Uh, all the way from Israel, we have Daniel Enreich, and uh, he's gonna be helping us navigate some of the expertise on information, cybersecurity, and industrial control systems. Welcome to the show, Daniel. Um, before we get started, can can you tell us a little bit about your background and what are you, what are you up to these days during a pandemic? Thank you, Chris, for inviting me to this uh, to this podcast. Actually, I'm in the, in the industry already 44 years since I started in, as an engineer. And the last 25 years, I'm involved with the industrial control systems. And the last 10 years, strongly involved uh, with uh, cybersecurity for industrial control systems. And uh, not surprising, this involvement started with the Stuxnet event. Why the Stuxnet event is such an important uh, date? Because this is the time where control engineers realized that if they have an air-gapped industrial control system, they are not secured. So formally, IC cybersecurity started in May 2010. <laughs> Excellent uh, introduction. So all the way back to Stuxnet. Uh, that was an interesting collaboration between a couple of countries. Well, nobody is talking about because, but uh, most important, it was successful, and uh, and I believe that uh, since then all organizations pay more attention to industrial control cybersecurity because in the past. It, systems were designed for operating safety and reliability. Nobody cared about uh, cybersecurity because people believed if my operation is uh, disconnected from the internet, I'm okay. This is what the, was the general perception. It all collapsed in 2010 when uh, management uh, saw that Air gap is not a complete protect, protection protection for the system, and then they demanded to start connecting between the industrial control system and the IT for main purpose of improved productivity and uh, reducing cost of maintenance and uh, I would say improving business processes. Yeah, and that's a great, uh, great transition. Um, the more that we have the ability to see uh, inside of the systems that we want to manage, um, understanding the business need, right? The business case for being able to log in remotely, log in on a network to be able to control 
uh, and, and manage those resources, um, there's a business case for that. But one of the things that we overlook oftentimes in the business case is, all right, what's the approach on how we're going to accomplish that? So not just because it's functional and it, and it makes sense and it provides operational capability and continuity, but how are we doing it securely so we don't introduce additional risk, such as a lack of availability for the industrial control system uh, that's managing our environment, or to prevent, um, uh, say, a robot in a production manufacturing operation from um, being hit with ransomware, and you didn't back up your configuration. So we connect everything to the internet today, but the business doesn't always remember to incorporate information or cybersecurity. That's where you come in. Well, I, I want to start with a little arguing about the term. Recently, we start to hear the term ITOT convergence. And uh, I bravely want to say, and I am already discussing it also with the members of the ISA committees, this term is incorrect. Why? Because in order to do things right, you must define, design, deploy the IT system and the ICSOT system separately. Once these two, these two systems are working separately, then you ask yourself, what is the purpose for connecting between them? It is maintenance, it's monitoring the operating hours, it's monitoring the amount of raw material, and then you deploy the securely and carefully the connection. So I really want to say, this opportunity to say, which I wrote in a couple of papers, that there is no real convergence and should not be a convergence. Because at the moment you talk about convergence, you, you say that there is no separation between the IT and the OT. And we all know the IT is connected to the internet. So IT can be compromised by the attacker. Then the firewall or whatever is connecting between the two sections is uh, compromised. And here we are suffering from an attack like happened in Ukraine that uh, externally generated attack was successful. Why? Because the separation was not strong enough perhaps because people believed in convergence, which I want to clearly say it's not correct. Yeah, so understanding that convergence uh, isn't necessarily based on uh, enabling an organization, but um, to be able to be productive and then have that separation, and, and that's what's not considered, and that's one of the concerns, right? Um, so thank you, Daniel, for uh, that uh, first bit. We're going to come back right after this break. Uh, everyone, we're speaking with Daniel Enreich, all the way from Israel, ICS cybersecurity expert. We'll be right back after this message. Cyber Resilience Institute helps build strong cyber communities designed to prevent members from attack. Like building a neighborhood watch, it takes coordination and a sharing community to protect our identities and valuables in the virtual world. Typically, we hear that organizations know they need to do something to protect their cyber assets, but don't know where to begin. Let Cyber Resilience Institute help your community create an action plan. 
Cyber Resilience Institute will build your community or business marketplace so that it is designed to support a collective cyber defense. Contact them for more information at cyberresilienceinstitute.org. Welcome back to the new Cyber Frontier. My name is Sean Murray. I am your host for this edition of uh, the new Cyber Frontier. We have Daniel uh, Enreich all the way from uh, Israel. And you know, the, the topic, the passion, uh, the discussion is on industrial control systems and uh, our ability to be able to recognize that there is a requirement to incorporate cybersecurity from many different facets. And, and Daniel's going to cover uh, some additional ones to include uh, the human element, um, some of the the, the technology, uh, technological elements, because not all industrial control systems are the same. Uh, some of them are designed for very simple uh, productivity purposes, others in transportation. Um, and, and Daniel, how do you, how do you um, understand the difference between one industrial control system over another? Well, this is a very good question. And uh, just recently I completed a paper uh, to explain that not all that uh, systems are not uh, identical and cybersecurity is not uh, should not be identical you said correctly that in some areas we don't consider the safety we need productivity we need to collect the information analyze the information generate uh, generate actions for example, connecting data from a utility meters is a sort of ICS, but there is no safety. On the other hand, if you are controlling a turbine or a boiler or a, or a steel plant, then, then you need to worry about safety. Usually, when we look at the differences, in IT, we are protecting the IT operation by confidential integrity availability, we are protecting the critical industrial control systems by the safety, reliability, and productivity triad. So safety is always uh, high on the agenda, obviously, if the architecture and the process require that. If not, then, of course, we, need, we can focus on other things. Yeah, good points to be made. Um, can you briefly tell us about the main reason why protecting industrial operations is more difficult than protecting IT operations? Yes. Uh, if you, it, the, the basic principle for protecting industrial operation is that you need to understand the process. Now, suddenly you see you already have shortage of, shortage of people. Second, majority of the systems worldwide are legacy, legacy hardware and software, which cannot be upgraded. Furthermore, they cannot be stopped for maintenance or for upgrade because they are working around the clock. So all this makes, makes a major difficulty. We all know that every change in software, hardware, or in the process might generate a cybersecurity risks. 
So it's all together, it's more difficult. You cannot do patching, you cannot do upgrade, you cannot stop the operation. You must rely on legacy hardware and software which was installed 10, 20, 30, sometimes even 40 years ago. All this is making it, making it very difficult. Furthermore, I want to say that many organizations do not have a good documentation on their system. And engineers will be will be worried and will be afraid touching it uh, because they don't have documentation. They don't know. You know, you touch it, you break it. So then, then this, we hit availability, right? And that's a problem. Yeah. Not ever. You know, it can be availability. It can be safety. It can be integrity. Depend on 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 what happens. Right. In some instances, it may uh, converge on on safety, availability, and productivity, which then you've, you've got a significant problem, right? Yes. So every system, for every system, we need to understand the process. We need to understand the installation. We need to understand the criticality. And based on that, we need to decide how we are going to con to maintain the system and protect the system against cyber attack. Well, and so here's a, here's a good uh, transition. So the cyber attack on industrial control system, uh, we look at all the different interfaces that we have today with the, as pervasive as technology is, we have uh, an artificial intelligence systems, we have IAOT systems, and we're connecting more and more systems remotely. We have different types of, of cellular uh, type of connections to include the cellular ATM network uh, because we're not using phone lines anymore. We're using cellular connections. Uh, so based on that, in recent years, we've, we've heard about all these IT, uh, ICS, OT systems. And how do you explain how it positively and negatively affects the industry as it applies to the new attack vectors? Well, uh, let's start with the term IIoT, the industrial IoT. And what happens that people are deploying more and more sensors in order to collect more data, in order to make more intelligent decisions. But these devices are connected directly to the heart of the ICS. And they, it means that you, that you increase the cyber attack surface. So it is, it is already, already start to be a problem. Uh, when we speak about many people confused between IoT and IIoT, and I say there is a huge difference. IoT is, is more for consumer time operations, IIoT for industrial, and we have a IIoT which is part of the ICS, integrated into the ICS, and we have IIoT which is separate from the ICS. So we really need to look at the architecture and deploy architecture what is necessary and, we, and at the moment you realize that every additional endpoint device is an entry point for an attacker, then you can make intelligent decision. Do I need it or maybe maybe I don't need it? Well, and that's the balance of uh, balancing the needs of the organization with your security requirements, right? Do we do that yes. well? 
Well, <laughs> security requirements are, are, ve are very important issue. In these days, I am very busy with the, the ISA IEC 62443, which provides beautiful guidelines of how to do things correctly. Unfortunately, we don't see at this moment enough organizations who are following the directions. And uh, but it's coming, it's coming because we have regulation and people will be required to to follow these these requirements and regulations in order to create cybersecurity operations. And how do you communicate that out to those who need to know? Well, most important is to conduct training. I, I'm I spend a lot of my time to to conduct workshops. And I created workshops for different levels of people, for engineers, for operators, for managers, all need to understand the, the risk, how the, how the risk is created. We have in internally generated cyber attacks, externally generated cyber attacks, supply chain related cyber attacks, all these are created, creating risks. And only if we reach a situation that people will understand the risk and understand the, the impact of negligent behavior, at, at that moment, uh, things will start to improve. It's like people say, well, I need to drive carefully because the consequences are critical. That's right. Well, so on on that topic, if we consider what's going on with uh, the pandemic, right? Um, during COVID-19, uh, conducting on-site maintenance is limited. Tell us about uh, the risk of remotely controlled maintenance. Well, we had a we had an incident in Israel, uh, I think, uh, two months ago. Uh, the requirement to connect remotely always existed always existed but now we need to be more careful we need first of all we need to limit it to minimum as, as minimum as possible second we need to reduce the time of the connection third we need to have somebody who is supervising the remote connection process looking in the screen and see if something is happening the remote access should be encrypted in the connecting device should be authenticated. If you do all these things, uh, uh, then you are better secured. Furthermore, you need to decide, maybe you don't need remote access. All what you need is to export through a unidirectional the gateway, diode, the situation, the screen captures, and somebody will advise you over the phone how to correct the situation. So at the moment, and the, even worse than that, many people are connecting a modem, allowing the remote connection, and then forget the modem for a couple of days, and hopefully, or maybe a couple of weeks, and the modem is there. Attacker is doing, uh, through the showdown, is doing a scanning of, uh, okay, who is uh, who is behaving negligently? And he, and suddenly, in the midnight, he will connect to your, to the system and cause a major, major problem. Yeah, we actually uh, performed an assessment on a client back in uh, last fall. So last fall um, on a manufacturing company. And um, one of the pieces of equipment that they have is a $13 million plasma cutter cutting steel that is literally that thick. 
And so the plasma cutter itself works just fine, but it was based on an old Windows XP operating system, which of course isn't patched anymore. And the person who wrote the unique software in order to program the plasma cutter to do what it needs to do needs to be updated on a periodic basis. Well, the, the one of the gentlemen who wrote the code for that, which is retired, remotely accesses through the company network, through TeamViewer, to periodically conduct updates on that plasma. So to your point, when we did the assessment, it says, well, you're allowing a, a remote connection over your business network and you're not securing it, you're not doing anything else. And so the proposal back was, okay, we're gonna open up a firewall rule because obviously you have a business case that this needs to happen. Uh, we're gonna use a, a different application. We're gonna secure and segment that plasma cutter and that operation operating system on a different segment of the network. We're gonna encrypt the connection. You're gonna tell us when your guy needs to go in and do it. We'll open the firewall rule then. We'll close the firewall rule when he's done and then right back to your point. So there's a business case that I need someone to log into my environment, into an industrial control system that that need that has a business case. Got it. All right. We can't. We're not the people who say no. We're the people who say, okay, there's got to be a better, stronger way to do that. It's a great conversation. We're talking with Daniel Enrich all the way from uh, Israel. We're going to come back and finish up our discussion with him right after this break. Welcome back to the new Cyber Frontier. My name is Sean Murray. We are talking with uh, Daniel Enreich, all the way from Israel, an expert in the industrial control systems. Um, Daniel, so we're talking about industrial control systems. We we're talking about remote maintenance. Uh, great points that were made there. You know, um, if we were to look at about half of the cybersecurity solution providers, which are started in Israel. Um, some of that ties back to, a, a, you know, I'm, I'm the COO for ISSA International, and we, we actually had uh, an Israeli 8200 uh, engineer as one of our keynotes earlier this year at the RSA conference in, in, in San Francisco. And so uh, he alluded to a lot of the, the training that uh, the high value training that Israelis get in the military um, over there. Can you enlighten us? Um, you know, we're about half of the cyber solution, security solution providers, which are started in Israel. Why is that? Can you explain why that's such an anomaly? Well, it's an interesting situation. I had the opportunity to meet uh, most of them in the very beginning of their, of their career. And uh, they come out from the military. They got the education which was somehow related to industrial control system. And they said, okay, let's see what is not existing uh, until now. And they discovered 
that industry that IDS intrusion detection systems uh, not not exist in the in the industry. So they 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 pick couple of uh, standard uh, programs like the Snort and others and started to develop it. And they initially they created the the asset inventory monitoring. Uh, and they later they improved it. So what is the result? The, res the result is that you need to know who is connect uh, you need to know who is existing in your network, which device is talking to which device, which and how often they are talking each to other, how much data they are communicating between them, and then create a baseline. Once you create a baseline for all these operations. And then you can detect the anomaly condition and you are already in a very, very good shape because you already see what happens. So we called it in the past the passive intrusion detection system. In recent years, we started to see improvement. Now we have active uh, uh, intrusion detection systems and uh, definitely we are in the, we are in the right uh, direction. And uh, I heard many times uh, Del Peterson saying that, well, what will be in two years will be completely different from what we see now, which is probably correct, because uh, many things in the past we say, no, 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 you cannot do it. It's going to crash your system. And suddenly we see, wow, it is working. It is possible. So at the moment, people understand the architecture. They, they understand precisely what you can do and what you cannot do, then it's possible and the system is not going to crash. Excellent. So why is, let's take a look at Israel as, as, a, as a tech uh, niche. So you've got so many tech companies coming out of Israel, contributing to the ecosystems. And some of these companies are, are doing a great job. Why is it? Why does Israel seem to be the hub these days? I think that so many talented young people and uh, they really want to, they say, wow, this is the opportunity of my life to create something that is not existing. This is the opportunity that, uh, that uh, big companies will take over my company. Like, And we have seen it happening. CyberX take, was taken care of by Microsoft. Indigy was, take, was taken, taken over by Tenable. And more and more companies are, are integrating to with big companies. So this is an opportunity. And the guys are talented. They are hardworking. They are creating new ideas which are necessary for assuring the operating safety and reliability and productivity of industrial control systems. And, uh, and the bottom line is that the organizations are buying these systems because they realize that this is the way to improve the situation. There is no silver bullet. You cannot, obviously, you cannot assure 100% protection, but if you deploy a couple of solutions and you improve the situation, it's already better. You know, one of the things that we talked about before the session was the human element. Describe to me what the human element looks like. You talked about awareness. You talked about a training, especially now in, in, in a pandemic. Why is that so important today? 
Well, according to what is what is published, and now and uh, that uh, majority of the successful incidents, I don't know if the number is eighty percent or ninety percent. I have seen even higher numbers. Ninety-five percent of successful events are happening because of negligent behavior of people. Negligent behavior. It's not. They are not bad people. But they were not educated. They didn't pass the right uh, annual training and annual drill. And uh, when something happens, they don't know how to react. And this is what happens. When they realize that the attack is happening, what I'm going to do? And uh, some people say, oh, disconnect all the wires, shut down the operation. And what I say this is a sort of IPS intrusion prevention system, and you are not supposed to do it. We are not using IPS because IPS in, is intervention, and sometimes the result can be worse than the result of a, of a cyber attack. And we are always worried about human life. If you if you interfere with the process and something where a boiler will uh, disrupt and somebody get hurt and say, hey, what the hell of the cyber attack? Uh, it was not work. So educating the people, training the people. This is the name of the this is the name of the game. Once we are successful. Uh, things will improve and think about ROI. It's not so expensive. You can educate people in one or two days and uh, absolutely necessary. Yeah, and then the awareness part comes in. So we are close to the end of the interview. Can you share with us your thoughts and, uh, about strengthening the industrial control uh, defense worldwide? What, what do you think? I mean, it's, ICS systems are, are global. Well, uh, luckily, we didn't have too many incidents, and uh, we, I'm happy about it, and the world is happy about it. We had some severe incidents, but not it doesn't happen every day. Maybe some incidents happen, but we don't hear, but we don't hear about it. But for sure, a uh, situation is not going to improve. The, and attackers who are uh, they, who are financed by hostile countries, hostile organizations, they have the motivation, they have the resources, uh, they can hire the right people, then can buy the tools, and uh, and attacks uh, will be more severe. So what can we do? Every every day we need to look at our operation and ask a simple question: How can I improve? What else can I do within the budget that I received? How I'm going to use my budget? I'm going to put it on training. I'm going to replace technologies. I'm going to I'm going to uh, hire someone to write uh, stronger policies. And this is what the organization CISO must do on a daily basis. If he will do it right, we will create a cyber-safe uh, globe. And for sure, we will be a step ahead of the attackers. Yeah, and it's always a daily battle, right? So we're going to continue yes. to um, develop those strategies, monitor those strategies to make sure that they're still effective. Uh, Daniel Enrech, uh, all the way from Israel, uh, cybersecurity expert in industrial control systems. Thank you so much for contributing to our show here on the new cyber frontier. Uh, any parting thoughts? 
Thank you very much and uh, looking forward uh, to, to contribute to, to this major effort, making the world a safer place. Well, thank you so much. Uh, we appreciate your contributions. I know I'll be reaching out to you specifically um, because uh, we, we share some common interests and uh, we'll see where we can collaborate. This is Sean Murray for the new Cyber Frontier. Our guest today has been Daniel Engreich, the uh, cybersecurity industrial control system expert uh, broadcasting all the way from Israel. Thank you for staying up so late to join us for our program, Daniel. Thank you very much and uh, looking forward to meet you next time. Thank you, Daniel. All right, everyone, that's the end of this program. We'll see you on the next edition of the new Cyber Frontier. Thank you for listening to New Cyber Frontier. Remember to follow or like our post and circulate each new show to your networks. We keep you informed, bring you the latest news, explore new trends, and find the hottest topics. With New Cyber Frontier, you don't have to be a computer or cybersecurity expert, just get plugged in. We encourage you to get involved. Tell us what topics interest you and join our mailing lists. You can find us on the web at www.newcyberfrontier.com. That's newcyberfrontier.com. Check out our previous interviews and please let us know if there are any topics that you would like to hear discussed. See you next time on New Cyber Frontier.